Good afternoon and welcome to the business community on Calon FM. Well, here we are again. It's the business community on Calum FM with me, Tracy Jones. And me, Heather Noble. And we're going to kick off uh, today's show with a topical discussion. And um, I claim this one being topical because it's related to a tweet that I saw on the 29th of March. So it was re- reasonably topical. Fairly reasonably topical. Um, so I'm, I follow Tom Peters on Twitter ever since we, um, we featured him on the show a few weeks ago. So um, I just saw this quote and then I, it got me thinking. I read down all of the comments. Sometimes that's a dangerous thing to do. But th- this time it made me think so much so that I forwarded it on to Heather and said, Oi, can we talk about this in the show? And I'm pleased to say she said yes. So here we go. This is the tweet. So bizarre. Reading Denning's The Age of Agile, I do not exaggerate. The Agile Manifesto is essentially a carbon copy of the eight basics of In Search of Excellence. I do not mean it was stolen. I mean that Agile theory and the 1982 excellence model are freakishly freaky similar. Okay, so that got me thinking. Mm, so was was that Hit's original idea? Was Tom Peters in search of excellence a truly original idea? Whose ideas did he borrow from in order to come up with it? And was uh, Denning wrong to to use it as inspiration for writing the Age of Agile? All I needed to do was read down some of the comments just to get a feel for it. Um, so uh, a t- Twitter user called Maz Spork said, "I know why." The audiences are different. Ask yourself, who are business books written for anyway? And then consider Agile as something different than a set of leadership behaviours stroke bullets. That's why it feels eerily similar, but is a hell of a lot more effective. Uh, Sergey Brovkin said, Agile is not similar. It's just a new package. It sells better. Likewise, Lean is freakishly similar similar to TPS, just simplified for the mass market. Likewise, Rhonda Byrne's secret was simplified Napoleon Hill, who was similar to Wallace D. Wattles. What do you think? Vince Skolny said, this does not shock me. I've noticed similar recurrences in other old and new serious works separated by decades. I posit it's because principles abide even as circumstances. And so manifestations of the principles change radically. Mm. And so Rab Salimi said, I'm so happy you see it too. In all of my classes, I teach that agile is nothing new. It's just a better way to do knowledge work. Oh, backhanded mm. compliment there. Some companies and individuals figured that so much earlier. Thanks for your tweet on this. And um, Jeff Zwyer said, fundamental principles are fundamental and universal. They just kept keep getting repackaged with every new age. And finally, from this one, Thomas, and I can't pronounce your name, sorry, Tomek Kaznowski said, great minds think alike, smiley face. So, Heather, I, I'm torn here. Yes, I, I, I know that if you've come up with an idea, you've written a great work and then somebody writes something very similar, maybe with or without referencing you, I don't know in this case. Um, is it plagiarism or is it just the, the development of an idea? Is it repackaging, as some of these commentators have said? My personal view is that it is repackaging and things have been repackaged quite literally since the beginning of time. You only have to think about washing powder and how, you know, you go from it's the best ever because it does this. And then suddenly everybody's doing that and you move on. But what I was interested to look at, because I think it is a really interesting subject, was what plagiarism actually is 
is. So I looked up the definition of copyright versus plagiarism because they are very, very similar, um, although uh, they are also very different. So plagiarism is claiming attribution for a work you did not author or using someone else's work without proper attribution, so without crediting somebody for their contribution to your theory, your product, whatever. Copyright infringement is using someone else's work without obtaining their permission. And presumably they're not crediting them for it. So that is pretty much theft of something. But legally, plagiarism does not exist as a thing. Oh, um, It's... In some contexts, it's considered theft or stealing, but the concept does not exist in a legal sense. Although the use of someone else's work in order to gain academic credit may meet some legal definitions of fraud, plagiarism specifically is not mentioned in any current statute, either criminal or civil. So it would be very difficult to prove anything as plagiarism. Um, you might be going down the copyright rule. Uh, and... So that in itself, I think, is really interesting. And it reminded me of a quote that my husband um, uses frequently. And I thought, I bet I'll go and look this up. And the US Patent Office, uh, where you register patents, um, started uh, um, a new numbering system in 1854. Uh, so patent 10,000 was issued in 1854. Patent 100,000 was in 1871. And patent 1 million in 1912. This is relevant. Uh, in total, the patent office has issued more than 8 million patents. It is widely claimed that in 1899, so this is 45 years after the new numbering system, the head of the US patent office sent his resignation to President McKinley urging the closing of the office because everything that could be invented has been invented. Wow. <laughs> so I love it, this. It, I, I just think it's brilliant. So think of it as you will. But I, but I also then went to look at a few famous cases where uh, it's been deemed that plagiarism has taken place. Uh, there's the Star Wars versus Battlestar Galactica story. Um, where Battlestar Galactica borrowed maybe a little bit too much from Star Wars. The famous Apple v. Microsoft. Uh, James Dyson and Hoover. Uh, you know, is this original thinking or is it development of an idea? Apple versus Google. You know, I could go on. There is an article um, following on from that theme on the Forbes website, which is a, a favourite website of mine. Um, and it, it's entitled innovation is not the idea it's what you do with it and mm. i think actually i need mm. go no further mm. if you want mm. to read it but it's essentially along those lines and mm. if you want to innovate innovation actually includes action as well not not just an idea there are lots of ideas that are never actually taken forward into fruition um but going all the way back to um 1897 there's a book called 777 Sensations. Not got a clue what it is, but there's a quote from the author there called James Lendl Basford. And it goes, new ideas are but gathered fragments from the past. I like that uh, one. Yes, I like that. And uh, ever so slightly more um, recent, but not that recent, one from Dale Carnegie. The ideas I stand for are not mine. I borrowed them from Socrates. I swiped them from Chesterfield. I stole them from Jesus and I put them in a book. There you go. That's Dale Carnegie for you. Mm. So I, I'm, st I'm not sure. I, I still think there's... Um, 
there's room for you to argue either way with me as to whether the Tom Peters and, and Denning um, age of agile is uh, is plagiarism or not. I mean, Tom Peters is not claiming that. Of course, perhaps he wouldn't do in a public forum. But I think we, we noticed this when we talked about Ken Blanchard a few weeks ago, is that once that stains on you, it's quite difficult to get off, even if plagiarism isn't proved. Mm. We Googled Ken Blanchard and some of the articles that came up were Ken Blanchard stole my idea. So, um, yeah. But what's the point? What is the point of sharing ideas if you if you don't then want them to be the original seed of something new within somebody's mind? You, you know, what's the point of learning? What's the point of innovation? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What, why? There's a lovely quote. I wish I'd written it down. Um, so I'm going to actually, um, I can't even credit it. So this isn't plagiarism. I, I will attribute it if I can. But it, it, it goes along the lines that, that that is what ideas are. You know, if you share ideas, they become greater. So if, if each of you have got an apple, say me and you have got an apple and I give you an apple and you give me an apple, we've each got one apple. Mm. If we've both got an idea and I share my idea with you and you share your idea with me, we both have two ideas. Mm. I like yeah. that yeah. thinking. Yeah. I don't know who said that. I will have to look it up because I feel incredibly guilty now. <laughs> so it's time for events that are happening in and around the area in the coming weeks. Uh, I know Tracy's got a couple, but I'll, I'll uh, set the ball rolling with an event that's taking place on the 20th of April. Uh, it's called Learn How to Plan, Measure and Master Your Sales Process, which I think is something that we could all benefit from. Uh, it is. Um, it runs from 9.30 to 2.30 and it's organised, uh, it's Cheshire and North Wales Business Growth Day. So it's on a Friday. Uh, tickets are £50, although the £50 is going to Daffodils, which is a flincher charity for children and families affected by disability. Um, there's a bit of an opportunity for networking. Uh, there's going to be talks uh, by three top business experts. Ian Spink, who is a business coach. Uh, I've never met Ian, but I've heard good things about him. Jane Ford of Whispertree, who I have met, and she's going to guide you through the best ways of finding and reaching your target market and the best method of interacting with them. And then you will hear from Chris uh, and his surname, Chris Grice, from Tree Frog Digital, who, uh, again, I have met and done some work with. And he's going to be sharing tips and tricks that you can use online to make your online marketing work better. It sounds like a great day. I haven't checked my diary, but I am quite keen to attend um, just on the basis that, that Chris and Jane will be there. Uh, and then beyond that, I looked, I started looking, I thought, surely on Wrexham uh, Business Park, there must be uh, some networking going on. I mean, you wouldn't have all those businesses together and they wouldn't get together. Uh, and there's a group called Wrexham Business Professionals, which is... Um, a number of accountants and solicitors who get together and network. But they also then, as a spin-off, have pro-business Wrexham. And they uh, they open out to all different sectors. Uh, they don't have any specific events named at the moment, but I think they're a really useful portal to look at. Uh, so this is, if you go and check out the website of Wrexham Business Professionals, uh, then they link also to uh, Pro Business Wrexham, Professional Business Wrexham, worth checking out. Uh, but if you just go to WrexhamBusinessProfessionals.com, you'll find all of the links there. So I thought that was one worth mentioning. I've not come across it before, but... Uh, 
yeah, looks looks useful. Looks useful. So I picked up on the new Wrexham Enterprise Hub and their five to nine club. They've got a new program starting on the 19th of April. And the five to nine club is a 12 week program designed to give you the information you need to enter into the business world. So it's fully funded by Business Wales. And each week, a different expert takes you through a different topic of business support. Um, So we start off with idea generation which is uh, rather apt with what we've been talking about today on the 19th. And the following week, um, the legal stuff, developing your business plan, bookkeeping, getting online, managing yourself and your team, social media, marketing, managing the money and local support, know your customer, presentation skills. And then on the last one, the 7th of July, time to celebrate at our presentation night. Now, it looks like the format of the evening between 5 and 9 p.m., is the same each time. So it starts 5 till 6 p.m. networking, 6 p.m. to 6.45 p.m. supper. So you get fed as well. Speaker 6.45 to 8 p.m. and then 8 p.m. to 8.30 Q&A and then close at 9. So presumably time to mill around and do some more networking. And that's at Wrexham Enterprise Hub, which is in the centre of town. The um, details for booking are on the Business Wales website, but we will also put them on our website, which is thebusiness.community. And another event that I spotted that I thought um, would be interested for people in the Wrexham area particularly is um, managing your workers, your younger workers and apprentices, which is uh, following on the back of the discussion we had last week about apprenticeships and the apprenticeship levy. This one from ACAS stood out for me. And I'm actually quite interested in attending myself because I'm looking to get some apprentices into um, my workplace. So there's it's a event runs from 9.30 till 1pm on the 23rd of May. Now, these ACAS events do tend to get booked out quite quickly. So it, it's worth you keeping, a, um, if you're interested in this. I did do a quick scroll through the rest of the timetable for the year. And this appears to be the only one in the Wrexham area, which is about apprentices. It does cost £105. But in my previous experience with ACAS workshops, it, it is a, a price worth paying because there is usually lots and lots of information there and it's suitable for managers supervisors team leaders hr professionals business owners employee representatives and anybody who wants to enhance their cpd and they're going to look at myths and facts surrounding the employment of younger workers internships apprenticeships and zero hour contracts guidance on planning and induction process for younger workers that will encourage their retention which i think is actually a really important point and the importance of creating a fair workplace for all ages and cyberbullying and the actions employers should take so that's the 23rd of may 9 30 to 1 p.m in the wrexham area um the acas don't normally confirm the venue until they know exactly how many um candidates are going to be attending again we will put the link for that on our website which is the business.community This is the part of the show where we normally review a book we've read or an app that we've been using. Oh, by the way, um, last pass, Heather, working out all right for you? 
So far, so good. Yeah, it's, yes, it's going really well. I did get a little confused the other day because Google was trying to save my password before LastPass could kick in, and I was afraid of ending up with neither. But no, it's 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 going. It's working yeah, fine for me. I have a number of competing apps on yes. my laptop that want to save my password yeah. for me. It's like no, no. I want it to be. I'm sure there's a setting somewhere people are probably screaming at the radio that I can go and set it as the default. I haven't figured out where that is yet, but yeah, it's good. It's good. So that that's where you can help us, dear listener. If you would leave a comment to let Heather know how she can only have one app that competes for her password. Please do. And the one that she wants to use at the moment is LastPass, and yep. that would be fantastic. Leave a comment at the bottom of our blog, which is on thebusiness.community. So we were looking for a book to read, and we, we've read a few books. We've speed read a few books. We've revisited some of the books that we've read over the years. And then it occurred to us that actually there's a whole other area that we haven't perhaps tapped into quite as much. And having the busy lives that we do have, there's a resource that we could be using, which we could be using while we're driving or while we're doing the housework. No, don't be silly, I don't do that. Um, while we're doing other stuff anyway that, that doesn't require our listening attention, and that's podcasts. Now, I do listen to um, various recordings when I'm doing the ironing, very rarely. Um, <laughs> I, I buy clothes that don't need ironing. That's my That's the my only way. way. But when there are things that need ironing, I find that watching, uh, listening to a podcast is quite useful. So we thought what we would do is, is have a look into the world of business podcasts, see what we could find, and then start to listen to some, give some feedback, you know, share the ones that we find really useful. But we didn't actually know, strictly speaking, where to start. Heather a little bit more advanced than me because she whipped out her phone and said I used my podcast list oh, okay go on then so Heather share what you've got first and then I'll share the little bit of stuff that I found and we'll decide on a way forward okay I think the first thing to say is there are loads of them out there loads and the quality of them I guess you know it is the proof is in the pudding so I thought I'd have a look at some of the um the bleeding obvious ones for want of a better word like the economist uh, they uh, and, and the BBC, you know, BBC Radio 4, uh, they have one called The Bottom Line, uh, which is quite hardcore financial business. But I'm very interested in the slightly easier to listen to stuff. And I found one called Fizzle, The Fizzle Show. And it's there are 261 back issues to listen to, uh, but they it, they look to be quite uh, a creative bunch of people. There's three of them. And they talk about overwhelmed in your business. Here's how to break the seal on getting help. Uh, get, a, get over your fear of being on video. It's a lot easier than you think. Behind the scenes of a small and profitable YouTube business. So these are slightly more, um, not off the wall, but a bit more random and so I thought that there could be some really interesting ones in there. So I've kind of elected their weekly podcasts. So I've, I've sort of put that down as one that I'm going to start listening to, start working my way through. And I think when you've got that many back issues, the only thing to do is just flick through and see what captures your imagination. Start listening to it and see if you want to stay with it. Another one that uh, I found is how to be awesome at your job which I thought um, could be useful for, for many of us because if we're working in a business, sometimes we lose our mojo. Uh, and there are th nearly 300 of these uh, that, <laughs> that you can work your way through and there are more than one a week issued. Uh, making better decisions by thinking in bets. How to become the CEO next door. How to feel more alive at work. 
uh, Reframing Rejection with Alex Grodnick, uh, How to Manage Your Manager, which is, uh, is, is bound to be useful for many of us. Uh, just again, it's called How to How to Be Awesome at Your Job. And I just thought that looked quite interesting. And then finally, I chose one, um, Women at Work. And this is a Harvard Business Review uh, podcast. There are about, about 600 of these. But um, Work After Me Too, it's very topical, Work After Me Too, the whole Mind the Wage Gap. Um, couples that work, so, um, you know, when both of you when are at work. work together. Yeah. yeah, and they work together. How to make yourself heard if you're a woman and perhaps you're in a meeting. Uh, yeah, lots of different topics. Again, scroll through it and see if there's stuff that just captures your imagination. I haven't listened to the couples that work one, but I am going to. So those are the three that I thought I'd ideally spend some time and how will you listen with. to them heather will you listen to them in your car as you're driving i'm not very good at listening to the spoken word in the car uh because it sends me to sleep oh so, no don't do that so then. i tend no. to have the radio or music on um uh, but i think that that my plan will be if i'm out running i might listen uh, or I might set aside some time to do some ironing. How about that? Um, I haven't quite decided. I'll bring mine round for you. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no need really. Uh, but those are the three that I'm going to try and focus on. How I progress, I don't know. And if I get distracted, that's entirely possible. But uh, what what are you thinking of, Tracy? Well, obviously, um, I'm thinking of TED Talks. It's not strictly speaking a podcast. There is a video. However, um, if I'm doing the ironing, the videos don't tend to take a, a great deal of you needing to watch them. It's not like watching um, a film where you need to watch the facial expression. So you can tend to listen to TED Talks um, and, and just leave the video on in the background. So there, there is a special section for talks about business on TED Talks. But one that I've, I'm really I'm going to give a go to. And, and this is me going to click a button subscribe, which I've never really done on, on anything like this before. So um, it's on the, the BBC website. It's called The World of Business. And I just had a, a whiz through. So obviously with the podcasts on um, BBC, you can download them so I could use them. And I don't fall asleep listening to the spoken word in the car. I, I, I love Good. listening to documentaries and plays and things on Radio 4 as I'm driving. So this looks like a really good um, little addition for me. So um, it looks up to date. So I, I did look at a few podcasts and, you know, they haven't been updated and you, you tend to lose your faith in them a little bit. Mm. But, but this one's been updated and the most recent one was Kenya's Basic Income Experiment. And what I like is it seems quite broad. So it goes from Kenya to... Belarus's tractor town and that sort of sums I'm a bit eclectic like that with right. my interests uh, the fish farming revolution can Frankfurt become Europe's new financial capital um, putting the fizz back into Catalonia's carver mental health at the workplace and, and what I like is a little description under here is when can you phone in sick with flu but not with oh why can you phone in sick with flu but not with depression mm. um, Tanzania's second hand trade war Loads and loads of stuff that actually I don't even know how I'm going to catch up with. So I might just go through and find a few that I'm f finding particularly interesting um, and then and then maybe stay up to date with them. Look like they're weekly. Um, yes, largely weekly on a Saturday. Um, there's a couple from a Thursday, so I, I don't know what's going on there. But yeah, that's me, the BBC with the world of business. I'll put a link for that on the website as well. Yep. Uh, and uh, Heather, if you can 
put some links for yours that would be fantastic as well and if anybody's got any podcast suggestions that they'd like to share because we're reasonably new to this idea uh, we'd be very interested leave a note on our podcast page in fact actually this is one we should add to the list isn't it yes it's a must it's a must listen the business community podcast is the best uh, podcast that comes out of Callan fm on a thursday afternoon yes yes at one o'clock yeah indeed <laughs> one thing that i just that uh, i just pick up on something that you mentioned there tracy because uh, very often podcast business or otherwise they may not be updated because they were a period of you know a, a six month period or a series of podcasts that have come to an end I wouldn't rule those out for those yeah. of you who are looking and trawling through because it could be that it's something that you know might have ended six months ago but it could have been really fantastic so I think it's a suck it and see kind of thing and see what what sticks with you so that's our commitment over the next few weeks is to um, provide some feedback on the podcasts mm. that we listen to and, OK, maybe watch a TED Talk or two. We love our gurus on this show and we spend a lot of time researching, trying to find people whose names don't actually mean something to us as soon as we see them because it's very... it's very often it's the same people that are churned out over and over and over again and we've mentioned in the past that there's a distinct lack of female gurus but we think we found one uh this lady's name appears on various lists and every time it does we say we don't know who she is we don't know anything about her so we decided that we probably should find out a bit about her her name and i'm i'm not sure if i'm going to pronounce this correctly is rosabeth moss canter uh R-O-S-A-B-E-T-H, Rosabeth. Um, I guess it's a little bit like Elizabeth. Anyway, she is quite a prolific author and has written extensively on the subject of change management within organisations. Uh, she is a theorist and she has done a lot of TED Talks, which I know that Tracy will have been all over. Uh, and the big thing that she, she talks about is... Um, the environment and behaviours and how people behave based on the environment that they work in and how we as individuals can influence that environment. She's, uh, she's an interesting lady. She's American. She's from um, Harvard. She, she's fairly easy to watch and listen to, uh, I had to really concentrate. I don't know why. Sometimes when you watch a TED talk or when you you listen to somebody, it, it just it just feels right. Uh, the message that she was conveying was was great, but I might have liked it delivered in a slightly different way. But that's probably says more about me than it does about her. But I was watching a TED talk specifically uh, called "The Six Keys to Leading Positive Change." Oh, yeah, that's the one I watched. Did you watch well. that yeah. one? Okay. Good. So uh, she she summarizes it very neatly. She talks about the six things that you need to do if you want to create positive change within the workplace. And they're, they're fairly obvious, but she gives some great examples. And she, I picked up a few great quotes that, that I'll, I'll cover at the end. But Essentially, she's she's telling you, you know, what you need to do. So she says that uh, power is derived from formal and informal sources. And she talks a lot about behaviours. So this is about how we should behave. So the first thing that she says is to show up. And 
although that sounds pretty obvious, it it's a different way of thinking. You have to believe that your presence is going to make a difference. If you don't believe that you have the power to make a difference, then you might as well not be there. And I thought as a, as a as a starting block, that is that's really key because if ever you're in the situation where you think, what's the point? Well, you're not going to achieve anything. I thought that was that was a brilliant one. What what did you think of the talk, Tracy? I, I like the talk. It, it was one I had on in the background while I was doing other things. So um, it, it it sort of picked up on the fact that she she was able to point to great people and and look at you know the factors that made them successful and that made them great leaders and I think that's always a, a good point to come from for mm, me mm. it's like it's not necessarily coming up with a great idea and then trying to find ways to fit people into that idea it's it's actually looking at what people do and then saying why, why it's successful mm, that's mm. what I picked up yes. from it yeah she, the other the other key element she says so we've had show up she says speak up use the power of your voice Frame issues for other people so that they can relate to them and influence the thinking of the meeting. Ask questions, you know, be in control, drive. That doesn't mean um, be dominant. It just means steer things in, in, in a way that p allows people to contribute, particularly those people who might have a reluctance to contribute. Uh, look up. Uh, think about higher principles, big vision, big values. You know, don't, don't think small. Think, you know, what's possible? team up this this is this is what you were talking about everything goes better with partners she says uh, and almost anything worth doing is better if you don't do it alone yeah sharing success with others is one of the principles and i think that sort of links in with the ideas as well if you share an idea it becomes bigger mm. you know if you share an apple you've just got an apple so yeah. um there was that that i picked up on as well and the the recurring theme that i kept picking up on was the fact that everything every project in the middle is rubbish yes <laughs> it looks really bad yeah. in the middle so you know don't lose heart because you you, you power on through that because every single project will look rubbish in the middle. <laughs> and we and we talked about that s several weeks ago now when we talked about the dip. The dip, yeah. Uh, and that's knowing when to quit. And she says, so she says, never give up is Cantor's law. Everything can look like a failure in the middle. Bumps in the road. If you give up, it is a failure. But if you redesign for success, even if it's not the original success that you planned, it won't be a failure. And I think sometimes in the darkest hour you know when you're just thinking this is never going to work that's the point not to quit so she's also um featured on tom peter's cool people list uh, i don't know if you found that i didn't find that so he, he's sorry cool friends cool. Like, oh. not, not just oh, people not just people cool friends. friends so on the tom peter's website which is tompeters.com um he has interviews with some of his cool friends and rosebeth canter moss canter is one of those there. Um, so that's really worth a read. Um, it's tompeters.com forward slash cool hyphen friends forward slash canter hyphen Rosabeth. Put the link for that on the website. And you, you read through the interview there. Um, they do look like they're having quite a lot of fun chatting together. So clearly they are friends. And they, they're talking about her work and her way of thinking. Uh, I'd like to bring you right the way back to the beginning, though, Heather. I don't know if you um, read about her very early work as a sociologist. Uh, a lot of the stuff that you read is, is based on the, the business writing and the consultancy mm -hmm. that she does. But her first work was looking at utopian communities and communes in the United States. And she was looking at what made a, a successful utopian community. 
And by successful, she means one that lasted longer than 30 years. And she, she looked at the Shakers, the, I don't know, the Anida and some other successful 19th century communes. And looking at them, that rituals and boundaries for membership and commitment mechanisms were what really held the communities together. And then she went on using some of those ideas in the, the business work that she wrote. Okay. So that, that all started back in 1972. Commitment and community communes and utopias in a sociological perspective. It sounds like quite a heavy read, so perhaps... Perhaps I'll, I'll just um, read around it rather than actually mm -hmm, commit to mm -hmm. the book. But talking of the books, I had a quick look on Amazon and there are an awful lot of her books available at yep. very reasonable prices. So, you know, the, they have the marketplace. Yep. There's, there's some of her books available for a pound, uh, for a penny on the marketplace. Uh, more reasonable sort of prices around six pounds, one pound ninety two. Um, a couple of them leap up, presumably because there's um, not many of them around anymore. But I think it's a, it's a good place to go. If you just go to Amazon and search for Rosabeth Moscanta, you get her full list of works and you, you can pick, pick up a bargain there. The, the final, I mean, she is a very pro prolific author. The final of the six keys is, and I love this one, and I, and I think it is a game changer if you're managing people, lift others up, share success, recognition, Give back once you have a success and do it again. Build support rather than lose support and elevate others. And if we do that, then people shine and you get the best out of them. We like our quotes here on the business community. What quotes have you, uh, what have okay. you got there, I'm, Tracy? I'm just, I, I picked a few, but I'm just going to go with the one that made me smile more than the others. And this one is, change is like putting lipstick on a bulldog. The bulldog's appearance hasn't improved, but now it's really angry. I love that one. I love that one. Uh, and I, um, I liked to stay ahead. And this, this goes back to, you know, we were talking right at the beginning of the show in our topical discussion about the evolution of ideas. She says, to stay ahead, you must have your next idea waiting in the wings. You've been listening to The Business Community with me, Tracy Jones. And me, Heather Noble. Join us again next week for more news, views and reviews from the world of business. <laughs>